Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And today, I think we have a, a special treat. We have with us, joining us via Zoom, uh, Pastor Jim Wilkes. Pastor Wilkes, welcome to our podcast. It's uh, great to be here, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And technically, you're not a pastor right now, but in my right. mind, you always will be and always have <laughs> been. I'm just going to refer to you as Pastor Wilkes because I, my, I don't think I can physically form the words not to. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's fine. So, uh... Pastor, for those of you who don't know, Pastor Wilkes was my pastor growing up over at, uh, in, in New England, at New England Baptist Church, and later you took another church uh, in, in southern Massachusetts, right on the, the Rhode Island border there. And um, I can honestly say I, I don't know of any one person who had more of a spiritual influence in my life than, than Pastor Wilkes. And um, I was just thinking, <laughs> uh, just... Yesterday, I took a phone call from a former student who was who I, I've been kind of discipling with, and he's been uh, talking with me. And um, I got to be honest, it was a little irritating. And I thought, man, I bet that Pastor Wilkes thought this of me more than once um, because I remember very uh, I'll, I'll, uh, very many times spending some time in your office after church. Your door was always open. Um, and you're always there. In fact, you, you shepherded me through uh, some trials in my life, um, which I'm going to be forever thankful for. Um, but I always, you're the guy who gave me a love for books. Cause I always stare at your books as we were in your office. Your books and your Coke memorabilia. Um, both of which I have adopted. My, I, I don't have Coke memorabilia. I just have Coke laying around. Um, <laughs> so uh, Coke and books so that, that you had a huge spiritual influence on in my life so thank you for that and for my listeners this is the guy to blame yeah so. <laughs> alright well you're uh, you're you're an author now uh, well actually you were before this too um, you're, you had a, a previous book the uh, now I'm, I'm, I forgot to bring it with me The Grace Walk Glory um, Walk The Glory Walk yes Glory Walk sorry um, which, which you written a number of years ago. Now you're following that up with A Hope-Filled Life. And I want to start off, I, I was really um, taken in, like by page three you had me. Um, I, I want to read this quote, and I want you to kind of unpack this for us, because it, it's just an incredible quote. So this is on page three. Christ's kingdom is not all about the hopes and dreams of finite and fallen human beings. God does not want to fulfill all your hopes and dreams. Well, right there, you're, you've just separated yourself from most authors in, in Christian bookstores today. Um, God does not want all of your trials and troubles to magically disappear so that you can be happy, healthy, and move up the ladder of success to what you imagine are greener pastures. The good news is that Christian hope is much deeper, far richer, and considerably superior to these kinds of temporal wishes, the gospel of Jesus Christ deals in ultimate things. It goes beyond this life, yet it deals with the real needs that we have in this life. The gospel saves us from our narcissism. I love that quote right there. The gospel saves us from our narcissism, and yet brings us something more glorious than us, something eternally satisfying. So we're talking about a book about hope, um, but already you're, 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 you're shattering what a lot of people are thinking about, because we think about hope, I want, I have an agenda. 
I have my bucket list or I have whatever. And you're saying, throw that out the window. I've got something better. Yeah, I, I think that the Christian life uh, for a lot of people is you're walking down this road with your goals and ambitions and desires. And now the gospel comes along and you think of it as something that helps you yeah. walk along that same road with your same hopes and desires. Jesus comes along as a helper. Right. Jesus comes along as someone who will get you where you want to go. Um, and and unfortunately, that's because we, we present the gospel a lot of times with the goal of the gospel being uh, an escape from eternal punishment. Right. As opposed to the goal of the gospel being taught. Yeah. Um, so the gospel doesn't keep you on that road. Christ doesn't keep you on the road of your hopes and desires. Yeah. He brings you someplace better. Right. And he gives you a new heart so that you can understand it's a better place. Yeah. And he gives you a heart that desires that better place. Right. So I guess it's all, you know, our hopes have to look at the ultimate picture and the big picture. Yeah. We have to look at it from the position of fallen, uh, fallen people who live in a fallen world that God is now redeeming us and bringing us in a different place and so it changes completely our perspective and it changes our hopes right um, I remember years ago um, you know I, I, I my, my understanding I have more of a reformed perspective uh, theologically than I did before and that that started under, under your preaching uh, I didn't recognize it at first um, but you were always several steps ahead of me down that road. Um, but you weren't using that lingo, so I didn't pick up on it. But God was using me. Um, but I remember sitting at dinner with you once. This is after I got married. Um, I was already in ministry. I was an assistant pastor at a church just down the street. And uh, you had my wife and I over for dinner. And, you know, the topic turned uh, to theology, of course. And you made a statement that I didn't quite get at the time, but it kind of jarred me. And you said, uh, one of the things that God was showing you was that the gospel was not just something that brought you into the Christian life, but in reality is the Christian life. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, that didn't really make sense to me, but that, that, that stuck in my mind. And, I, and, and slowly God began to, to show me that, yes, uh, the gospel isn't just about, quote, getting saved or um, entering into some sort of new life. Uh, it, it does, but not the way I was thinking. But the gospel now becomes my life. And to understand that, I have to first realize there was a problem with my life. Mm. Um, there's a problem that I didn't recognize because I thought, the God, as you just said, the gospel kind of makes me a better person. And so it takes me and improves me to make a better me, and someday when I'm in heaven, I'll be the best me. But in reality, me is the problem. That's horrible grammar, but um, I, I was the problem to begin with, and God needed to change my heart. So therefore, if I'm thinking just about what I want to do with my life, um, my, my desires have to change because as someone with a sin nature, 
my desires are part of that problem because it, 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 it goes to a deeper issue. And so God has to come in and change everything through regeneration and through the process of sanctification starts to, to change me into his image. And now it's not just that I have to be a better person, but I have to change my whole perception of what a person is. Um, so talk to us a little bit about how, how does the gospel work into this? Well, you know, I guess you have to start with, to me, you have to start with the object of the gospel, yeah. the purpose of the gospel. Um, God is redeeming us so that we can know him. Right. It's not just delivering us from condemnation. There's a, there's a, there's a redemption is a from something to something. Yeah. And we're, we're being redeemed from this sinfulness and condemnation, but we're being redeemed to being members of his kingdom, living in his presence uh, in a state of, of perfect blessedness eternally. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's all the gospel. It's all what the gospel does. And it's not just a, the gospel, like as you said, not just the starting point. Um, Don Murray wrote a great book years ago called Redemption Accomplished and Applied. Yeah. And I think a lot of people understand the accomplished part, at least to some degree, but they don't understand it's being applied over time. Right. Not just the day you were saved, not just the moment you confess Christ, but you are still being saved. And yeah. I think we don't we don't understand or spend enough time emphasizing the fact that, that, that there's a sense in which salvation is a finished thing, but there's also a sense in which it's a process right. that we're going on in. And we need hope for that. We need hope as we go through this process. Okay, so we talk... Hope because, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. We Sorry. Hope because we're, we, we're still in this fallen world, this present and evil age. And God has chosen not to instantly perfect us and not instantly take away all the problems. Right. There's a reason and a purpose for that, the, the trials and sufferings and, and so on. And one of the things that gets us through those is the hope we have. So talk to us about what real hope actually is. It's not just a, 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 a desire for something better or a simply a positive outlook on life. Correct. To me, real hope is all tied up in um, the things our faith embraces. Yeah. Anything our faith embraces that we don't see at the moment is hope. Hmm. It's Christian hope. So it, it's even it's it, it's even things that we may be going through a difficult time and we don't see light at the end of the tunnel. We don't see, you know, um, uh, I don't see myself if I have a physical problem. It may not get better, um, but I go through that problem knowing that someday it will get better. Someday Christ will come. Yeah. My body will be resurrected. I will not suffer in pain anymore. Right. Um, all the promises of God, and and we embrace by faith. Faith is the substance of what we hope for. So we embrace it by faith, and then we of the confidence and assurance that God is going to um, follow through on that because he's 
he, he's steadfast and faithful, not yeah. because we are, but because right. he is. So we have, we have so many great promises. I have a friend uh, who calls me from time to time and just just basically recites verses to me. Hmm. Um, an old friend from years ago who became a Christian and you know we didn't keep in touch with each other. He became a Christian and now he calls me every once in a while. He'll just say things like, "Remember this: if God is for you, who can be against you?" Yeah. You know, and he just gives me all these promises, and it's uh, and that's what hope is. Hope right. is, in, it, it is is the assurance we have um, that, that, that uh, of those things that God will certainly bring about, and yeah. especially in the book we talk about the ultimate eschatological hope, the end. Yeah. The, 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 the coming into the fullness of his kingdom. You, you referenced uh, Romans 8, if God be for us, who can be against us? You know, in that whole passage, we, we just, um, as we are recording this, I just recorded just a few minutes ago um, our, our final uh, message in our, in our series on, on the five points of Calvinism. We we're talking about the perseverance of the saints. We were walking through Romans chapter 8. And it's interesting, all of these things that... Um, will not separate us from the love of Christ, either peril, all, all these different things. And we were talking about just that idea that, um, and, and referencing that with, with Romans 5, all of these negative things, which without Christ would distress us, discourage us, weigh us down, uh, all of these difficulties God is actually using um, to sanctify us to bring us closer to the image of christ and and so uh we can have hope in the midst of all of this suffering uh, even though these very same things are, are what cause us to not have hope but if we look at it from a different perspective these should cause us to have hope because god is using all of this for his honor and his glory it's part of his plan from before the foundation of the world and he cares for me enough to put me through this. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's great that you brought that up. I just preached on uh, Romans 8. I actually preached at my <laughs> old church from Louisville by Zoom yeah. on a Sunday morning. Um, and I preached in Romans 8, 31 and 32. And my title of the sermon was, How God is for Us. Yeah. But it's not enough to know God is for me because I might have a completely different idea of how he's for me. Right. Um, and, and Romans 5, 31 to 39, the end of that chapter, are actually, it, it, it's, it's an inclusio. Hmm. In other words, it's book, there's bookends in the Bible, right. you know, that, that deal with the same theme and, and, and allow you to see sections of the Bible. Romans 5, 1 through 11 Romans 8, 31 to 39, for the bookends. Mm. If you want to know how God is for you, you have to go back and see all the way from Romans 5, 1 to Romans you know, 8, uh, 31, and you see all the ways God is for you. Right. And those ways don't always, they're not always pleasant. Yeah. God is for me in suffering. God is for me, as it goes on in Romans chapter 8 to say, He's for me through, you know, tribulation and all, all of these all of these things, you know. Um, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. But those things aren't the kind of things we would anticipate being good for us. Right. 
Yeah, but God, God no. works through them. Right, exactly. You know, and if, if we are more than conquerors, that means there are things that are going to have to be conquered. Um, yeah. and, and, and through God's strength and God's power, he brings us through that. Um, and again, even again comparing that with Romans 5, there's a purpose for all of these things. And part of that is hope, um, he mentions there. So, Pastor Oaks, how do you hope people, uh, pardon the pun, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, how do you hope people take this book? What, what, what would you like them to do with it? What do you want them to walk away from after reading this? Um, first of all, my, my prayer is, um, and I pray this almost every day, that, that God, if, 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 if you would permit people to read this book, if nothing else, if, if, if Forget my words, my explanation, but if nothing else, use your word. Yeah. Use your word in the hearts of people. And if my explanations aren't right, then then help them forget those mm. things, but, but remember the truth of your word. Right. Um, but what I really want is just, I wrote the book because I, I felt like there just needed to be a book. That the whole book was really just about that idea of Christian hope. Yeah. And the, the whole book was the idea that this is something that God given us as, as a grace um, for our joy and endurance. And that if people would just see that bigger picture of the Christian life, yeah. it, it's not about um, don't walk the old road of your hopes and dreams, but walk on the new path and the new realm. Um, of a desire to see God glorified and to have your joy and peace and and satisfaction in Him, yeah. and to know that that's going to come to a fullness someday yeah. in terms of being in His perfect kingdom. Well, we, again, we want you to buy the book. The name of the book is A Hope Filled Life, and we'll have the, the link to where you can you can purchase that for yourself and purchase one, purchase two, give one away. Um, start a small group. Um, lots of it, it's it's not a very long book. Um, it's what just a, just over a hundred pages or so. Um, it's yeah. readable. It, it, it's it's filled with the gospel. Uh, this will be an encouragement to you. So we want you to pick this up. Uh, so that's our recommended resource. I, I do have a, a, a final question, um, and this was from my four-year-old son Devante when he saw me reading this. He wanted to. He was really confused as to why you let the balloon go. <laughs> why would anyone let a balloon go? That's very sad. So, it is very sad. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't design the cover. Well, I, here's the explanation I came up with. Um, you have to let go of your own desires and let God replace that with something better. And so there's something better than the mere creature comforts of this earth. So I have spiritualized that for you. Um, you, can, you. you can use that free of charge. Thank you. I appreciate that. I will. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your, your previous book, The Glory Walk, because uh, we want to recommend that as well. Well, um, I wrote The Glory Walk with the idea of understanding that our life should be lived for God's glory, but by God's grace. Hmm. And I almost wish that I could go back and change the title to that. Living for God's glory mm. by God's grace. Because that's what I meant. Yeah. I didn't mean that our walk is just glorified and we're wonderful. 
but as we humbly depend, humbly and dependently submit um, uh, on God, and, you know, humble dependence, that um, He should be desirous that He be made much of. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you. I have a problem with that. I yes. like to make much of me. Yeah. Um, I still fall short. Um, I stumble in many ways, as James says in chapter three, verse number two. And uh, but I know that's the goal. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, I praise the Lord for um, bringing me to some point where I can see that. The goal yeah. is to make much of him. Right. Because he's way more worthy to yes. be made much of uh, than we are. Amen. Um, so that's the idea of the glory walk. And you've got a blog as well, right? I do. And I blog maybe once every two or three months, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not real, real good at that, but... Uh, well, well, we're going to include a link to that as well, so you can check out um, in two or three months the next blog post. Um, if you're following our website, you know we're based. I'm basically the same way, um, except I, I think you you probably update it more than I do. Um, that's why I have a co-host. That's why he does all the work, and and not me. Um, but anyway, so Pastor folks, I want to thank you for for your time and and again for your book. If you're you know, uh, as you said, you're you're retired, but but not, and yes. you're, you're 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 you keep with up with your preaching ministry, and and you're going to minister to a lot of people through this book, and I know you're working on another one, and so thank you for your your dedication to Christ. Well, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you your your um, ministry, and thanks for having me. Really. All right, we want to thank all of you for joining us, and don't forget to join us back next week. Uh, until then. Check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org, and you can find all of the, the links we mentioned there in the, in the show notes, also uh, the blog that occasionally is updated, uh, but all of our contact info there. So if you have any comments, you know you can tweet us at basicbiblecast or email basicbiblepodcast at gmail.com, or you can call our, our voicemail line, leave a message there uh, at the number that I currently forget, but it's on the website, and you can check that out there. So until next week, have a great rest of your week.